Dear Shooter, Protect what's yours. If you are not able, it's no longer yours. We usually talk about government overreach or societal breakdown, but this week we're talking about the people with no morals that didn't get enough discipline as a child. Try to steal from my home and I'll make Swiss cheese out of you. No one else knows you're here. Welcome to the Deer Shooter Podcast. I am your host, Jason Crotto. Deer Shooter is brought to you by WyoTac, Empowerment Through Self-Reliance, and Lucid Optics, on target, under budget. As always, happy Thursday, and uh, we got some good topics for today. Uh, You guys ran into some problems in Wichita. You know, I, I've had just about enough of the Kansas hospitality, and I was only there for a day. Well, it, it, you know, is what it is. It's it, big little city. Yeah, I suppose. I, everybody kept telling me that you know Wichita's a rough town. This, that, the other. It doesn't seem very rough. It's a modern city. It uh, has it, the hustle and bustle of a it's normal. Very clean. Very clean. Yeah. Well kept. Interesting. Um, so we went down to Rainier Arms in Wichita, Kansas, and we uh, participated in a demo days. They recently picked up our product line and, and stuck it in their retail location at a range. And we were showcasing the products and having fun on the range, letting people shoot some of our firearms, um, kind of get a feel for the optics as they progress throughout their day. We had a, a decent sales day. Um, we helped out Rainier Arms sell some of the inventory quite a bit. And, uh, Shut it down and went to dinner, and Brandy went in, and she tucked herself into bed and that whole deal, and I went and gassed the car up and washed the windows, and I brought it back and grabbed a rifle case and went to walk in the hotel and met by somebody at the front desk who very, very nicely said, ooh, we, we try to discourage firearms in the hotel, which I just... I'd had enough of the day, so I didn't have the argument with her. So I turned around and went back out to my car, moved the car, parked it underneath a streetlight um, in the parking lot, right next to all of their vans and their shuttles and all this, that, the other. Um, I didn't isolate it off in its own little corner. And uh, I covered up all of the merchandise, all of the inventory stuff the best I could with uh, boxes and and t-shirts and coats and stuff things in the floorboard to hide them from view and the the vehicle i had had pretty substantial tinted windows and at night i mean they're they're almost impossible to see into mm-hmm. um went to bed didn't think much about it i have done this operation in many many cities before i travel with firearms it happens a lot of the time um woke up had a nice leisurely breakfast. Got made fun of because I put chocolate syrup on my 
pumpkin waffles and walked outside and some guy's walking around the car looking in it like with his head in the boat broke that window so i asked him if i could help him and he goes um your windows are broke out well well thanks donut lady yeah i appreciate the obvious but crap and uh, got to looking and i have things missing the rifle case which had a couple rifles in it and some class 3 equipment a uh, range bag that had several pistols, ear pro, cleaning kits, uh, range tools, I mean, just the standard equipment for doing what we do. My briefcase is gone. And oddly enough, my trade show banner, my outdoor flag that says Lucid Optics Special Events. Really? Oh, yep. You just got that, too. Yeah, I, for Ballistic Summit. I hung it out on the, <laughs> on the sidewalk. Um, so... Fairly frustrated, kind of. Maybe a they're going to help you advertise. Yeah, that would be funny. That's nothing that screams a bigger thing than a one-of-a-kind flag, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm kind of when when you guys told me about this, I got a text Sunday morning before you left, and it was it, there was there was no texting back on that. I I immediately called Brandy, and I'm like, "What happened?" And she kind of gave me the quick rundown, and I. I was speechless. I mean, who does that? Uh, in in the conversations that we've had since, and since you guys have gotten home, I, I think you're both absolutely right. You were targeted. The more I think about it, the way that they knew what was in there, and they only took specific things, they knew the vehicle to look for and what to grab. Mm-hmm. They knew. What surprises me is they were able to find it, unless you were followed. I was a half a mile from the venue I was just at all day. If they were at that venue and saw us at all, um, it wouldn't have been too hard to put the two together. No, but... Literally targeted because he had his uh, concealed carry in the front between the seats, and they didn't take it. Yeah, I totally spaced grabbing it, and they missed it. It was in clear vision, and in the front, the windows aren't tinted. No. They took everything that was tinted out, blacked out. That's crazy. They, They had a laundry list what they were looking for, and they found it. Um, and they gave a, a cursory distraction of breaking out the guy that parked behind me. Um, his window was busted out, but they didn't even look in that window. You could tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because your back window is completely shattered, left to right, up to down, eh, completely gone. That's because they had to crawl inside to get the stuff. And their back window had a small hole in one side. My doors were still locked. The windows were busted out, but my but doors were still locked. They didn't dent or scratch your car. Um, I think one of their belt buckles rubbed up against the, the passenger side as they reached inside to the floorboard. So they're not of the tall variety. <laughs> but, I mean, so we make the 911 call, right? I mean, first I call the, the non-emergency line um, because, you know, nobody is losing blood at this point. Right. Damn it. And <laughs> I get told to call a 911 if I need an officer. So, yeah, I need an officer. So I call 911, explain to them that firearms, including Class 3 equipment, have been stolen from my vehicle, tell them exactly where, and they're going to send an officer right away. An hour later, they show up. Um, I'm glad they showed up, but an hour later told me exactly how much urgency they placed on this call. Right. And if I'd have said, hey, I've shot somebody in the Hampton parking lot, I'll bet they'd have been there in two minutes. Probably, um, and you would have had several officers. Right, exactly right. Uh, Wouldn't have been just one. 
Anyway, at the end of the day, my stuff's now gone. Mm-hmm. I get a police report and the hassle of recording everything and researching all the serial numbers that I had and providing all that to insurance um, and taking the dice and rolling it and finding out what they're going to do for me. I'm more concerned of what uh, the thieves are going to do because they either, what, pawn this stuff off, which they can't because a lot of that was very specialized to you. It either had Lucid on it or Lucid Optics engraved deeply, deeper than the serial numbers. Well, they, they, they got one of my ARs that is was custom built for me um, from Holding Precision, who doesn't exist anymore. Back in the day, they were purchased by Fax and Firearms and then dissolved. But I had two um, billet ARs made, and they have lucid engraved in them, and um, they're, they're quite special. They are. So what? all they can do now is wreak havoc with them. Yeah, that the unique nature, like you were saying, um, it makes these firearms kind of not movable in a lot of ways. Um, they all had optics on them, obviously. That's what I do for a living. Um, and some of these serial numbers were, were on the low variety. So they're kind of special. Well, and you, you say, you know, they aren't really movable. You can't move the Class 3 stuff. Nobody's going to take Nobody's that. Nobody's going to touch that. Uh, I mean, they might be able to sell it on the black market, but ultimately this stuff is it was, was taken for a purpose to do bad things. And possession of a stolen Class 3 item is 25 years mm-hmm. per incident. Mm-hmm. And there were two in that case. Right. So I hope they get caught with it, to be honest with you. Well, yeah. Get caught, die of dick cancer. Yeah, cancer's a dick. Thieves, be put on notice. There's a lot of things I'll tolerate. A thief's not one of them, and I truly think that you should get cancer of the dick if you steal shit. <laughs> so uh, how has it been working with the insurance with this? Is this is this been typical insurance bullshit? And well, I got to say, I, I wasn't incredibly impressed. Um, I had Jamie make the phone calls while I was traveling back on a thirteen-hour run trying to get home, mm-hmm. um, and fixing the windows is a separate part of this story. That's funny, <laughs> but she dealt with the insurance on them, told them what was going on, and since I was the one that filed the police report and all that, they needed to work with me. And I know the firearms inventory, the serial numbers, all the inventory stuff that's been stolen, they needed to work with me. So the first call I get Monday morning is my insurance adjuster trying to make connection and get me made whole. He understood that the car had been stolen. (laughs) So he completely had the case all wrong. And when I explained to him that it was uh, property theft and minor window damage to a new vehicle... Um, he had to call me back the next day, which was this morning, um, and deal with a a recorded call to talk about personal property theft. Oh, good Lord. And this recorded call was more like an interrogation. Um, I mean, he's, he was interested in, in what was missing um, to the point where I, I had to send him an inventory list, right? Um He's interested in sending me more paperwork to have me fill out this all this information again on his format, which is funny to me because I sent the same inventory list to the Wichita Police Department, and they found a way to put it into their format, and I didn't have to retype it on their report. But the, the, the interrogation piece of this it set me off this morning, and I was maybe a little grumpy if you noticed when you guys rolled in because I was finishing that up. 
Um, one of the questions he had to ask, and I get it, he has a job to do, but one of the questions is, are you behind on your bills? What? He asked straight up if I had any mortgage payments or loan payments that I was delinquent on and upside down or in trouble with. So he was asking if you're trying to commit insurance fraud. That's exactly what he was asking without asking that. Um, now, these are the folks that are supposed to take care of me. Um, I'm the guy that pays my bills. I have insurance, and I'm the victim here. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way right out of the uh, gate. It would me too. Now, uh, let me ask you this. Now, you're, is, are you dealing with your your vehicle insurance company, or is this specific insurance that you have on your firearms? No, no, this is a vehicle insurance. Um, this insurance company we have, we, we, we bundled a bunch of stuff into it, and the vehicle insurance is one of it, mm-hmm. right? Um, since they breached the windows to gain access to the stuff, um, my homeowners and my, my business insurance and my car insurance all covers the contents of the said car. Right. So that's where this is. Um, I do have an inventory list on my firearms and a separate personal insurance rider if I have to enact it mm-hmm. on a firearms rider. Um, some of these have, have been in that list of goods for a long, long time. Some of them were new enough they hadn't made the list yet. So that'll be a fight if I have to go there. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, it, the insurance folks are not so far very impressive. I may be shopping. Well, I, I think that's all insurance. I, I told Brandy, I was like, we're in the wrong business. We, we should be insurance agents because... I, I don't know. I, I do like our insurance. Every time we've called in with an issue, they turn around and they fix it, like right now. I think part of that, though, is because we use a local agent. We have a face to put to that name, and and it's a person that we've known for a long time, and we can walk into that office and sit down and and have a face-to-face conversation. I think that changes the dynamics a lot. Not necessarily, because the agent that you have, they sold you the insurance, but they shop around other plans. So they do have a third party, but that third party's always been really good to me as well. And the folks I'm using, they're local. Um Matter of fact, the guy that I signed up with a couple of years back, he died, and a new guy picked up the business. So he is local, but he's a new guy. Yeah, I get it. He's he's trying to to cross the T's and dot the I's. I, I get it. I get it, and that's what we all have to do. Well, and I I see where they're coming from on having to get the information share. Uh, it's just there are ways to handle those types of conversations without inferring that you're a dirtbag and don't pay your bills and you're willing to commit insurance fraud to get made whole. Um, but I think that was also born in the fact that there's almost $17,000 worth of value that was taken out of this car. Oh, absolutely. That There is a lot. And I know some of the guns that were taken. And those, I mean, almost everything that you had taken was custom in yes. one way or another. Yes. Um, most of that's going to be irreplaceable from the standpoint of you are never going to get what that actually was. Back. I will get market value for the the production skew. I will not get any of the customization that we did. Right. And that's that's the part that sucks because we we spend so much time and effort and money uh, to customize these firearms to us and make them something special and, and so, you've lost all that. 
Well, yeah, I have. The The other side of it is, I mean, being the consummate optimist, maybe to a fault, is I like to tinker with toys. So when I do get made somewhat whole, I will be replacing with exactly what I had the best I can. Right. So uh, I'll, I'll get it fixed. It'll just take some time. The frustrating piece is someone came and take my shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, you were violated. No, I, no doubt. Not in the prison sense, but yeah, it it was kind of bad. <laughs> you need lube with that? Everything's better with lube. I've said <laughs> it time and time again. Well, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there for a second because speaking of lubricants, uh, I wanted to mention and welcome our shiny new sponsor to the show, Tenth yeah. Mountain Whiskey. Uh, Awesome folks there in Vail, Colorado, and they're great supporters of the shooting sports and veterans programs, as well as being distillers of absolutely fine spirits. Their single malt and rye are particular favorites of ours. In addition to whiskey, they have brandy and a really nice cordial, vodka as well. So no matter what's your taste, you're sure to find something at 10th Mountain Whiskey. Support those who support us, and to make it even easier, 10th Mountain has given our listeners a discount code. If you order online, just enter the code DEARSHOOTER, all lowercase, all one word, at checkout for 10% off your order. That's a good deal. It is a good deal. Unless you live in Wyoming. Yes. I'm willing to drive to get this stuff. It's good. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, I won't be leaving it in my car overnight. Because, <laughs> to my knowledge, hotels don't have any rules against alcohol inside the room. Uh, after you saw what we picked up from our barrel, that would have been a lot of trips into your room up the elevator. No, I go to Harbor Freight and buy a dolly. I'd fix this. It was only twelve cases. What are you talking about? That's plenty. <laughs> what we're talking about is the special run that Tenth Mountain did for Deer Shooter and Wyotech. We did a half barrel buy. And uh, went down there, what, two months ago, three months ago, and did uh, did a tasting. And they have distilled it and mixed it special for us. So uh, right now we are sitting on about 12 cases of very, very special edition 10th Mountain Rye. Outstanding. So um, those will be fettered out over the coming years to special people and i do believe i i currently have a a bottle up for grabs for anybody that can tell me uh one government agency that actually performs a constitutional activity you mean that's got a provision for it in the constitution or bill of rights yes one governmental agency yeah one and that acts within the purview of what it was actually designed to do. You're not playing, Wilson. I'm not. Well, I like whiskey, and I'm fairly up on how the Constitution works and reads. And Yeah, you guys are going to earn this one. I'm not sure it can be done. <laughs> I don't think it can be. A ding, ding, get in the ring, guys. Reach out, because it's worth it if you can pull it off. Yes, absolutely is. So, uh, okay, so... Back to the chaos that happened in Kansas. Uh, well, okay, first, let's back up a little bit. How'd you fix the windows? <laughs> so I uh, drove to a Lowe's um, and grabbed a cart and found some plexiglass and then all the tools necessary to 
clear the windows, tape the windows, um, reshape the plexiglass to put it in the windows so I would have a quiet ride home. I have ridden in a car that had a window broken out um, from Billings, and that's only five, six-hour run. Um, that was a loud, nasty ride home that day. When he says all the tools, he meant minimum necessary. Oh, minimum yeah. necessary. We bought a Dremel that charged in the carport, and it didn't have juice. That's a handy son of a bitch. <laughs> sort of, if it would have been fully charged. I didn't have time for that. And have you ever tried to cut and create custom windows in a Lowe's parking lot? Can't say I'm that I have. I'm pretty sure we had an audience for a while. You know, usually there's there's a dozen guys standing on the corner at Lowe's that you can hire to do that for you. Not here. Yeah. Like I said, the city's really clean <laughs> until it's dark. Yeah, the, I didn't see any day labor hanging out at the Lowe's that we went to. Well, what time did you get there? Have they already left for the day? It was like 10 a.m. Oh, yeah, they'd already been hired out. No, probably That's probably true. Yeah. But we did. We, we custom fit windows to the uh, the vehicle and got them taped in and got everything kind of reshuffled around so we could drive down the road for the next 13 hours. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't envy you. I, I considered going on that trip with you and I'm kind of glad I didn't just because I got a lot done here. They would have stole your shit, too. Probably. They would have stole if it was in the car. I yep. am totally injured because they got my charging block for my phone. Oh. Yeah, we stuffed that in my briefcase when we left Rainier Arms. Yeah. I know, injured. Yeah, yeah I think you're in, and, and Wilson's over here gets absolutely insulted over that one. Charging block. Yeah, there's 60 bucks you'll never get back. <laughs> right? Oh, you go to the gas station, they're 12. Ah, she had a fast charger. It's one of these high-fluting span- uh, spanky things. There you go. So, in the future, and and, and I'm going to ask you this. I, I asked you this earlier. Because um, one of the things I absolutely refuse to do is have any kind of identifiers on my vehicle. You had a sticker in your back window. I did. I totally did. I didn't put it there, but it was there. And I'm not saying that was a contributor, but if they were specifically targeting you, they had an identifier. They knew exactly which vehicle to get into. Yeah. If they were looking for that, they were looking for it, and they found it. I mean, granted, you're in the middle of Wichita, Kansas. you got Wyoming plates. How many of those are running around? Mm, not um, many. You know, but, I mean, there's nothing you do about plates. You have to have those. But Cheyenne is everywhere. Yeah. So. Right. But that's one of those things that, that I've harped on is, is not having any kind of identifier on my vehicle and driving relatively popular vehicles. Um, it's a fairly nondescript. I mean, you see them everywhere. Yeah, they it, are it, everywhere. My, my vehicle is very common. It is. It absolutely is. Um, it's not a wild color. There's no weird designs on it. Um, I. Again, I go back to you were you were targeted probably at Rainier Arms. They knew what you had because they they probably had somebody walk in there and see what you had. Um, and I bet you somebody test fired your guns. That's how they knew what where they were. <laughs> I find out I stood next to that son of a bitch. <laughs> <sighs> a tourniquet wouldn't have saved him. Well, you can't tourniquet that. Right? <laughs> oh, you can. <laughs> and it doesn't do any good, but you could sure put one on it. Well, 
So, I mean, and that's the part that sucks is knowing that you were targeted. There's there's no way because it, I, I just I cannot see somebody random going into a hotel parking lot and picking out your vehicle without knowing what they were looking for. Well, and taking what they took, the way that they took it, the way they dug to find it. No, there's it's not as random as we might want to think it is. No. They moved shit mm-hmm. to get what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And left product in a big Pelican case. Um, I mean, $10,000 worth of optics sitting right there in the broken glass. They and the one, in there. the one thing they could have moved. Yes, without <laughs> any scrutiny whatsoever. Right. Uh, that's just... Mm, they're... they're there's the planning and intelligence of criminals. No, I honestly think they were looking for something specific, and they found it. Mm-hmm. They did. And, and, Brandy, you're probably right. They they probably did test fire the damn thing. When I told you when I went out, so our sales rep down in that area was with us, and he had noticed there was a car there, but he didn't say anything. I mean, we're in a parking lot of a demo days, okay, idling with the gentleman in it. I went out probably 45 minutes later to go to the car to get something, and this car is still there, idling, California plates, guy's still in it. And then I think Wilson went out 30 minutes after that, and he was still there. I'm going to be trying to see if Randy Arms has cameras in their parking lot, because any lead at this point's a good one. Well, and I'm not sure, you know, I'm not 100% sure he's a lead, but that was kind of weird circumstantial at least eliminate the conversation right so going forward um what are you going to change about your habits we're going to sleep in the car and shoot anyone who approaches i like it not a bad idea um saves on hotel fees but i'm old and soft now i kind of like a bed but i will be a shit or two just saying i will be checking hotel policy on firearms in the hotel before I book with them. That's not going to happen again. And that surprises me because I have not had an issue at Hamptons yet. Well, this is one of those Hamptons that um, has that policy. At least the front desk wanted to flex a little bit. Or did the one woman have the policy, not Hamptons specifically? Totally could be. No cameras in their parking lot. Now, the parking lot was well lit. It was well lit, but there's signs everywhere. This is park at your own risk. This is unmonitored. So, white flag, right? Yeah, it's it's a flag. Um, I will be picking the places I stay just a little bit more careful. Um, but I did all the other things that you could possibly do. Right. I think next time we go to Rainier Arms specifically... We leave all our firearms within their building until we leave the next day. Well, the problem with that is, is I was intending to get up and be gone before they were ever going to even get to the door. Yeah, because they don't open till like 9 or so, something. So, yeah, that wouldn't have worked either. But we didn't leave Lowe's till almost 1, so to be fair. Right. And, and I may um, move to a policy of I will transfer my firearms to the FFL I'm going to do the demo at, and then I'll ship them back to myself. Not that that's that much more secure. However, you I know can't how many firearms and stuff we've left at Shot Show in the vehicle in a parking garage. Oh, I know. It's, it's crazy. No one messes with your car. I have done this, like I said, in many places a hundred different times. Um, you cover them up. You make them non-visible. You you 
you lock your doors, you you do everything you possibly can to keep them secure, right? Um, and then this, this circumstance, there's just that thin veil of glass. So, well, I, and and I've I've heard the phrase that locks only keep out the honest people. That is exactly right. And and that sucks, but that is the world we live in. That is. Now, nobody got hurt, to my knowledge. And that I guess that's a good thing at the end of the day. As much malice as I might wish on somebody, um, nobody got hurt. There was no violent confrontation. I just had property loss. Um, but it was substantial property and tools I need to do for my business. Right. And that's what that's probably the most frustrating part of it. Um, what they did was they stole your capability to make a living. It, it, one of the components of what I do, yeah, absolutely. And it, it stings that one of the firearms you gave me as a gift. Yeah, that was the uh, HK Tactical. Correct. So it just there's sentimental value to a lot of this piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you take and you use these things and you, you, you get comfortable with them and you customize them. They become like kids. They're yours. Mm-hmm. And then they get taken. Yep. Um, and, and to a certain extent, I, I think firearms kind of go into that vein. I mean, it's you lost something substantial. Um, it was personal. It was personal. And I, I think theft always is, regardless of what it is. This is something that especially competitive shooters should pay attention to because a lot of times they'll go to hotels, their guns are in either in a shell in the back of the truck or in the back seat, whatever, right. whatever. This can happen to anybody. Oh, it absolutely can. And it, and it reminds me, um, we went to, well, I went to an ELR match uh, early this this spring, it was in Pine Bluffs, and it, it was basically the only hotel in Pine Bluffs, and it was completely booked out with shooters. Now, as we showed up, everybody was walking a gun case in, and the reception didn't say boo about it. Uh, it's because that's uh, Wyoming. It is Wyoming, and the they also share at this hotel were bowling team kids from high school. Right. Yeah, I mean, that was the advantage I had is that everybody in that hotel was a shooter. So, you know, there wasn't going to be an argument from the front desk or they were going to have to have that argument 50 times. Yeah, no, that would not have happened. You live in a city and you are at the whim of the people who have the property. It's their policy. It's their rules. Well, I, I, would, I would challenge that a little bit. And, and I would say to go about it this way, look at the corporate policy for that hotel because to operate that hotel, even locally, they've got to adhere to the corporate policy to a certain extent. To a certain extent, sure. Well, here's the other part because we're pretty sure we were targeted. In this instance, we were targeted anyway. Say you had pulled the rifle case and the pistols into, our, into one of our rooms, locked them up for the night, whatever, whatever. I guarantee you those windows still would have been busted out because they still had a plan. Oh, I'm sure. I'm okay with the windows being busted out. Um, I can get that made whole on a vehicle insurance thing, not a problem. With a property loss, it's a whole separate conversation. With Class 3 loss, it's another level of holes conversation. And as an FFL, I would be shocked if this doesn't trigger an audit. be honest with you. 
Because the ATF's going to get involved. When these serial numbers come across as stolen, they're going to get involved. And you as the owner of the FFL. Correct. Well, and, and you know, forget what's it going to take to replace the firearms. That's, that's really kind of the easy part. What's it going to take to replace the Class Three, the suppressors? That's, I mean, you're probably looking at, at filing a whole new set of paperwork, new tax stamp. It's starting over from scratch on them. Um, there's no way to be made whole on that. And that's the part that sucks because you've already gone through the weight. You've already gone through the paperwork and the hassle, and you paid the taxes on it. That was yours. Correct. So now you're going to have to go through all of that again, all again. to replace it. So you're looking at a year at least? On those two specific items? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think I've got, I still have one suppressor that um, I'm, I'm rolling up on two years oh, waiting shut, on. Shut, shut, shut it, shut it. <laughs> God, that's bad. That's real bad. Now, it, it, to be fair, um, the ATF screwed up and did not let me know that, w- that there was an error on the paperwork. I still, to this day, don't know what the error was because I had to go resubmit everything. Mm-hmm. Nobody told me what that was, so it got restarted. Um, so I'm I'm hoping to see it before the two-year mark. Yeah. Well, interesting. We we asked the officer who responded to the call, said, what's the likelihood of recovery in this circumstance? And she took a deep breath and kind of giggled and said, well, they'll all be in a, in a national database of stolen firearms. If they show up on something else that they come across, then they'll get turned back in and there'll be evidence for a while and then I'll be able to get them back. Um, but she didn't hold out any real hopes of recovery and sadly i think you knew that when you asked the question i just wanted to have her say it right i was interested that they only sent one officer because to so it was by a river or a creek or whatever was by the shopping mall and there's a bunch of bridges there there to go to the stores and there's cement underneath it's a and I was going to go down and look for cases, and then I thought, well, I'm not armed. I'm not going in there no. looking without. And then they sent one woman officer, not even a dog with her or anything. I mean, nothing for her to do this case. No. I, I got I to gotta say my perspective on that old deal. They sent the one person that could handle a clerical issue. This gal, had she been confronted with somebody running down the street with those firearms, was not going to catch them. She was not in great shape. Um, if she has uh, the, the physical aspect of a qualification anytime soon, she's going to be in trouble. Um, she was of the round variety. She's super nice. But chasing down a bad guy, not in her wheelhouse. Well, and unfortunately, I think that's one of the consequences of, of this whole defund the police movement. You're not getting the best and brightest that want to be cops anymore. Uh, number one, because the cities, and especially the, the bigger municipalities, they don't have their back. Um, you do your job as an officer knowing that the city's going to throw you under the bus. Yeah, but they're, they're going to take your information. They're going to file the report and... It'll get stashed in the database, and if it turns up, it turns up. That's the way it works. Right. I did have to giggle, though, because at the end of the um, information process, uh, she gave her name. She 
gave her badge number, and I looked over at her badge. And the number that she gave me as her badge number is not the number that's on her badge. So I asked. And she goes, no, 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 no. So the badge is checked out to her, right? So it's an inventory number for the police department. It's not her badge number. Her badge number is a four-digit number. The number on her badge was a three-digit number. And so the badge number that's actually in brass on her chest is not the badge number that she identifies with. Uh, um, um, okay, that makes absolutely no sense to me. Yep, so they have more police in the, the cycle of turnover, right, than they have badges. So she's got an, got an inventory checked out badge to her that is, has a three-digit number on it. And her badge number that she goes as an identifier is a four-digit number. I go back to badges. We don't need no stinking badges. Well, they don't have badge numbers on their chest anymore, <laughs> I'll tell you that. I thought that was a very interesting little point because if you're having a conflict with an officer and you're being a dick and they don't feel like they have to share information with you and you ask for a badge number and they point to their badge, highly likely that's not their badge number. That's messed up. I thought it was an interesting point because I watch these things on Instagram and Facebook where guys have problems with the cops and and uh, they indicate that the number on the badge is theirs. That's not the case. Hmm. Well, at least not in Wichita. Correct. Well, it works out because you know how everyone goes, I'll have your badge. Cool. You can have it. They'll just check me out another. It's cool. <laughs> she said that. <laughs> we had a good giggle about it and just trying to make light of the situation and I was appreciative of the attention, the detail that she showed up and showed. Um, she didn't have a whole lot of empathy. She didn't have a whole lot of sense of urgency either. But she could recite every law out there, tell you what. She was pretty much in the know. That's right. Well, and, and, and maybe that's good. Maybe it'll work out in your favor because she will go back and the attention, the detail she put into it. To get all of this stuff in the database and, and get it sent off, maybe maybe you get lucky. Well, it's interesting. So I guess after like 5 o'clock hour, whatever shutdown time is for most businesses, they have a city camera system around the city that gets turned on. So she's hoping to review that to find anything. She was not optimistic, but yeah, she did tell us about a citywide um, camera system that they could reference a time frame on and, and see what's going on. That covers main streets and intersections, um, maybe some big parking lots that are uh, retail-oriented, but it didn't cover the area we were in. We were evidently in a blind spot. Of course you were. And and how much you want to bet whoever stole your stuff knew that. Oh, guaranteed. 100%. I mean... As, as dumb as we like to make criminals out to be, they're not stupid. Well, Some. Most are not. They don't make a life of crime by being dumb. Okay, so there was this one time. <laughs> At band camp? Pretty much. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was working for Walgreens, and these guys broke into the front window, and they put chains around the ATM machine because they were going to yank the ATM machine, right? Instead, it yanks off their bumper, <laughs> and they take off. On their bumper is their license plate. <laughs> Doesn't take a genius. And we're talking about a different level of criminal, I think. Yeah, I think that. Um, but yeah, that, that, did they even pursue that information, though? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. Good. 
And the thing was, is it wasn't even a stolen vehicle, and it led him right to the people. It was, I mean. And I, and I know the mindset you're talking about. A few years back, I was standing at the liquor store getting ready to go to the lake, buying a couple 12-packs of beer. And the guy in front of me was filling out an application for employment. And he fills out the application, has a conversation with the guy at the counter, grabs two bottles out of a display, and then runs out the front door. <laughs> he just filled out an application. Hopefully he lied on the application. No, no. They went to his house and recovered one of the bottles of booze because he drank the other one. Wow. So it, the mindset of some criminals, you're right. It, it, it borders on special needs. Yeah, but this one was obviously planned out. This so. one was more orchestrated, yes. Yeah. Uh, it, just curious, and, and uh, I mean, we, there, there's gang activity pretty much everywhere. And uh, did the officer that you talked to talk, to talk to you about any specific gangs that were operating in the area? She was sharing zero information outside the curse area, what she was obligated to. Gotcha. And I'm sure that was on purpose. Oh, absolutely on purpose. The last thing they want is some vigilante guy going, okay, now I have some information. Let me call a couple guys. That They don't want that. Um, as much fun as that might have been. Um, no, they don't want that. It's not like you were armed. I still was. <laughs> yeah, he still had his concealed carry. They didn't take that, even though I it was would, in plain sight in the front seat. I still had some on me. How? And, well, they didn't take your ammo. So they were shooting empty guns at you. Yeah, they would have used something they stole someplace else. But, <laughs> um, yeah, they, and some of the ammo I had was specialty. They're not going to just go find that just anywhere. Right. right. So, uh, yeah, the whole thing's just frustrating. So I guess at the end of the day, guys, all we can tell you is, is secure your stuff as much as you possibly can, especially when you're traveling. Um, this, this could happen to any of us. Nothing safe. Nothing secure. You mm. do your best. The criminals are going to get stuff from regardless. Like I said, if they come into my home to steal anything, I'll make Swiss cheese out of you. Because do criminals tell their mommies where they go before they go do it? No, no. no one else knows you're here. Yeah, but you're, I mean, you're talking about your home. I mean, this is all you've got is your vehicle, you're traveling, you're in another state. Interesting you say that. Castle Doctrine covers your vehicle if you were within 200 miles of your home. Because your vehicle is your home. But you were like 600 and something miles away. Correct. So it covers it. You have to be outside the 20 miles for it to be your home. So or Castle Doctrine covers your vehicle. Truck drivers use it all the time. Okay. Their vehicle is their home. Good right? to know. Well, yeah. So had I been in the vehicle when this all happened and I let the air out of a couple of them, I'd have been justified. Right. It, well, and, and, and your justification is I don't know what they were going to stop at. Correct. And, and you've <laughs> You know, if, if you're ever in that situation, you've got to understand how to articulate that. Because I guarantee you the police are not going to have your back. No. They come to find out what happened after the event and hand you some paperwork. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, my boys in blue out there, you guys do a great job. But there are certain circumstances where you could just do more. Uh, well, and it, it goes back to, I'm sure that a lot of them would love to. Knowing that their municipalities don't have their back, I don't blame them. Um, our cops today are in a really tight situation, and it sucks. I don't envy them. They've got a tough job. Absolutely. And it's only going to get tougher. Um, 
the world's getting to be a scary place, and, and especially with the way the economy's going, uh, people are getting desperate. And I think it's just going to keep getting worse. So as you guys travel around and go and shoot and have fun and enjoy the shooting sports as we have them, guys, just be as careful as you can possibly be. Keep your stuff secure. Um, do everything you can to deter those criminals. And until next week, keep blaming your gun. <laughs>